Hi, I'm Hannah. And I'm Tori. And you're listening to Wait Why. Welcome back, guys, uh, to another episode. This week, we are going to be talking about why do we get married, which, disclaimer, neither of us are getting married soon. I feel like that's important to say. Um, this topic I'm is so just- glad you brought that up. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, I feel like people are going to... I don't know, wonder or just see the title and think, oh, is there news? But no. <laughs> yeah, that's funny because it honestly didn't even cross my mind that we should put a disclaimer out there. <laughs> yeah, but um, the reason it is on our minds, though, is because lots of friends and have been getting married. We're just like at that age and I've been to a couple weddings this year and Tori's been to a couple weddings this year. So yeah. when is yeah. officially wedding season? What, what is wedding season? That's a great question. If I had to guess, I would say like April through October or something. Yeah, something like spring to fall. Yeah, for maybe. sure. I feel like win- winter weddings are, I gotta say, pretty rare. Well, the wedding I went to this year was in February in Michigan. Oh, true. I forgot about that. And it was freezing and there was snow on the ground. And the bridal party took pictures outside in their dresses. Oh, oof, oof. I mean, it's what the bride wants, right? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely different. I've never, I definitely don't think I've been to a winter wedding. I mean, to be fair, actually, my mom and my stepdad got married in December, but they got married in Las Vegas and it wasn't cold at all. Oh, yeah. What's (laughs) like the best wedding you've been to so far? Oh, man. Uh, It's between um, our friend Michelle's, who honestly was probably like the first friend wedding I really went to. And like everyone was there. It was post-college. It felt like honestly like a college reunion. We got to see so many people. Um, So that was super fun. But then this year I went to um, like a traditional Indian wedding. And I mean, it was just a super, super cool experience. And it's one of Steven's friends, not one of mine. So it was an experience I never really necessarily thought about having. So it was just really cool and unique to be a part of that. Yeah, I would have loved to experience that. I think mine would also have to be tied with Michelle's wedding. And then my friend Jen, her little sister got married and Tim and I got invited to it this year. And it was at the Ringling Museum. Incredible. And that one was stunning because it was basically just an art museum and they got married in the courtyard of what was the private collection of the Ringlings. And it was all this like Baroque period style art with these like 25 foot tall paintings. And the courtyard was massive and beautiful and surrounded by statues and this really well-kept gardens. And it was the nicest weddings I think we'll probably ever be invited to. So... Yeah, that's insane. I saw some photos because I follow your friend Jen on Instagram. And oh my gosh, they're, it's incredible. They looked incredible. Yeah. Also, her little sister is absolutely stunning. Jen is oh. also stunning. Her other sister is stunning, like the three of them together. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They. I think she posted a picture of like all three of them from the wedding. And I was like, wow, <laughs> look at all you guys. So pretty. Right? I sent it to my sister and I was like, we got to step up our game. (laughs) Um, Speaking of your sister, wasn't it just her birthday this weekend? Yes, that was actually part of my life update. So 
I kind of have quite a few life updates. Oh boy. So, <laughs> it's funny because in. what were you saying? I said let's jump in then. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because Hannah and I tried to record this podcast episode yesterday and things were just not working. She wasn't feeling well. I wasn't feeling well. It was thunderstorming outside my place. So you could hear the thunder. The dogs and- because of multiple reasons, the thunder and they were just hyper. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. I have some real life updates. So first off, this past <laughs> weekend, I was in Orlando for my sister's birthday. Me and my dad or my stepdad, my mom, and my sister and my grandpa all went. We just stayed at a hotel in Orlando with a really fun pool. And we just got drinks and hung by the pool. And we were we got dinner and we celebrated Lauren's birthday. And it was really fun. It was just nice to be in one place, like a central meeting point together. Um, so that was nice. And I honestly felt like a little kid again, just being in Orlando and like going to the pool at a hotel, except this time I was drinking alcohol. (laughs) That minor little detail. Yeah, but no, it was fun. It was so nice to catch up with my mom and sister. I don't even remember the last time that us three all hung out together like that. Yeah, that's so nice. It sounds like it was a good little birthday weekend. Yeah, it was super fun. Um, and then... I mentioned in the last podcast episode that I was trying to set some health goals for myself. And so I came up with four and I'm going to try and just accomplish these throughout the month. And I hate saying goals because I feel like that term is just overused and kind of cheesy. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. So more just things I want to accomplish or strive towards. And oh, Tuck wants to say hi. (laughs) Tuck wants me to strive towards these health goals too so supportive love (laughs) um so the first of which is I'm trying to reduce my caffeine consumption Mm -hmm. more specifically just trying to wean off coffee and more tea because I am just crashing at noon every day um and today I tried and today I was not successful oh (laughs) Um, I didn't drink coffee this morning. I had, well, I had like a few sips of Tim's because I didn't want to have caffeine withdrawals and a headache. But by the time 12 o'clock rolled around, I was so tired. I could barely speak. Like I was not making sense. I had a raging headache. So I caved and I got a latte. It's so hard when you're having like those low key withdrawals, like when you have a headache and everything. You really got to like wean yourself off because having a headache is almost as detrimental as like being tired. Yeah, this was a pretty wicked headache. Oh, oh man. I hate headaches. I like really can't. I very, very, very rarely get them. So when I do, they feel like earth shattering. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like the only ones I ever get are sinus headaches, but I guess this just reaffirmed the idea I need to stop drinking caffeine so I don't go through these withdrawals. So I'm still going to try. We'll see where I'm at next week. Um, The second one of those goals is I want to be better at flossing, which I'm doing great at. So hopefully I'll keep that up. I feel like you were saying this, Hannah, you feel like everybody can improve on flossing. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like no one's perfect at it. And if you say you actually floss every day, then you're lying. I don't believe it. Yeah, I have floss every day this week, so we're going to keep it going. I'm going to step up my oral health game. I need to make a dentist appointment. 
I am going to the dentist this week and I'm low-key excited because it's been it's just I don't know it's kind of been a while for me and I actually love a good teeth cleaning yeah I don't know this is kind of weird I don't know if you feel the same but something about like getting your teeth cleaned it's like a good pain like you know what I mean yeah, I like when I was younger, I hated it because of like all the poking and prodding and like, obviously you bleed from them hitting your gums and all that. But like in the end, it, it just feels so worth it. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I still do not like the dentist. And I hate so many things about the dentist and them talking to me with their hands in my mouth and pressing all the way into my gums as they floss. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do not talk to me with your hands in my mouth. Like, what do you what kind of answers are you expecting? right um but yeah so gonna try and set that up the third thing is that I want to try and meditate for five minutes every morning and so far so good um Tim's actually been doing it with me which is really fun and the first couple of days I did like a little bit of a guided meditation just to kind of focus around coming back into our bodies and like checking in with ourselves and then this morning I was like I'm not gonna really say anything today I'm just going to have silence. And so we kind of just sat in silence, which was, it was really nice, honestly. And it was like very intimate and it was very relaxing. And I felt myself getting kind of more into like the meditative state. Yeah. They say it's really, really good for you to do that. Even like you're only doing five minutes, but they say that's really all you need to like set your mind set on a good track for the day. Like they say, it's super good to just take that space in the morning. So Yeah, I just noticed that I wasn't really spending time with myself. Like I was doing so many different things and I would wake up in the morning, get ready, walk the dogs, go to work, work for the whole day, drive, get home, make dinner, work out, whatever. And there's no time in there for me and like my thoughts. It was just distraction after distraction. And so I like having this early in the morning because it's like, okay, these are the five minutes I get for myself. Like whatever thoughts come up, whatever feelings come up, Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really good to do. Yeah. And then my last health goal is I am going to try to spend more moments outside and specifically more moments barefoot, which just sounds really weird. Um, But basically, I was listening to a podcast and they were saying how it's really beneficial to connect with earth. So whether that be like the ocean or the grass or dirt, just putting your feet down because we are not only just biological beings, we're also really electrical. So we can sense different electric pulses and beats throughout the earth in our bodies and connect to them. Um, and honestly, it just feels great anyways. So I'm going to try and do that more. Yes, I really like that one. I don't think it's weird at all. I think there's definitely something to being like literally connected like barefoot to the ground to the earth um so you'll have to let us know obviously keep us updated on how all those are going yeah I will I will um so those are pretty much my only land updates and then right before this podcast happened right after I got home it kind of got a little chaotic so I took the dogs for a walk which I normally do after I get home and I had Tim's dog here as well Putney and I was walking by the dogs, which that in itself is a task because they love to weave under each other and get their leashes caught. So just with one person walking, it could be quite a challenge. Yeah. But I was walking them down the street and Tuck, like, 
pulled off the sidewalk to smell a bush and so did Putney. And the next thing I know, Putney is peeing straight on Tuck's head. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Not only on his head, like in his mouth. Ew, what in the world? Poor Tuck, he looked at me and he was like licking like, what is this? Like what just got into my mouth? Like he had no idea what was going on. Oh, poor Tuck. I will say though, Tuck has totally peed on Putney before. But oh, wow. I don't know what it is. It was just dogs and I think they're just like lifting their leg and peeing wherever they want or if it was intentional. But this time it felt like Putney was getting tucked back a little bit. <laughs> All these times. Yeah. But this was like straight in his face. So obviously that's I had to come gross. home and give them a bath. Yeah, that's a whole creates a whole nother chore. Yeah. And then um, right before we were about to record, I was sitting outside on my balcony from my apartment and I was just on my phone, whatever. And like, I hear some dogs barking off in the distance and I look up and I see this woman who I see quite frequently walking her dog. It's like a Bernese mix of the, a doodle, like a Bernese doodle. Okay. Yeah. And she's fallen on the sidewalk. Oh my gosh. And so I'm like, oh crap. So I like go out and like I walk down and go over to her. And by the time I get there, there's this other gentleman who I guess I saw him backing his truck in when he, or when I was like first saw the woman. And so I go down there and he's already talking to her and he's like, yeah, I used to be in the medical field, which when people say that the medical field is so ambiguous, it's so general, like you could have been the secretary at a dentist's office or no, you could have been a, a surgeon like you know it could mean actually anything yeah so I was like okay and he's like trying to help her up and he I mean like right when I walk over there he doesn't ask me anything like there is no like I'm not even able to be like hey I was on my balcony what happened are you okay all I got was hey will you help support her and like just taps me in like I just oh, don't wow know. Okay, yeah, sure. Like, normally you ask for a consent before you touch somebody. So I don't know what's going on here, at least, like, in the trainings that I have done. Right. And so I'm, like, holding her and supporting her back because she kind of just is, like, in a weird position. And she hurt her shoulder. So he goes inside his apartment, which just happens to be right next door, and grabs her chair. And then so we both lift her up into this chair and he's like talking to her and having her move her shoulder to see if it's dislocated. And clearly she's in pain. She's like wincing when he does it. And I'm there like, okay, what's your name? Like she had a dog with her and I was like, Oh, what's the dog's name? Like he's such a good, beautiful dog. Like how old is it? Just asking her questions to make sure she didn't like hit her head. Right. And making sure that she's still like with it, which I'm surprised that this, guy is not doing and he has medical device or medical experience right and so whatever we get her up and we're like hey let's take a breath I'm like where do you live like is there somebody in the apartment that can help you and so she's like oh yeah I have a brother who's home and I'm like why isn't this guy asking any of this instead he's these like questions. yeah yeah instead he's like showing her his dislocated shoulder and I'm like this is not helpful dude oh god yeah. And so for some reason, she like gravitated towards me. I don't know if it was just because like I was a woman or, or she I was talking like to her. 
Yeah, or he felt she felt like he just wasn't helping. It feels like this guy was just in like full on action mode. Like he was just ready to act and that was it. Yeah, yeah. And like I don't think she really liked him touching her and he was like, Should I call an ambulance? Like, are you okay? She was like, No, like I don't want that. And I remember talking to my mom about when people get a little bit older and like they fall like it's embarrassing for them and now at this point we have a crowd on the sidewalk outside like if that was me and I had just fallen the last thing I would want is a group of people watching me you know yeah yeah absolutely so she looked at me and she was like will you walk me back to my apartment I was like absolutely so the guy grabs the dog and walks the dog up and I'm like grabbing like holding her hand and like grabbing under her armpit to like support her and we walk over to her apartment, and the guy has the dog behind me. And as we go up the stairs, of course, this other dog is coming down. So I'm like, oh, is your dog okay with other dogs? Like, I don't want to have this other incident go on while we're in the middle of this one. And she's like, yeah, he he's fine. He'll just bark. I'm like, okay. So this guy does nothing. Like, I, I get that he wants to help, but I'm getting the sense that, like, he wants to help because he thinks it would make him feel good you know right right like this is making him look good yeah so I'm like okay um and he kind of brings the dog in but whatever and I'm like oh good boy Charlie like come on Charlie this way talking to the dog and he's listening and so I like walk her back to her apartment and she guides me there and she's a little bit older like maybe in her 60s and we, she lets us in and her brother's there who's also older and I tell him like what happened well first off he goes in before me with the dog because she instructs him to do so and he basically is like ready to go now that she's been like returned to her home and I was like oh did you tell them what happened and he was like no and I was like okay so I basically just walked past him and let myself in the door I'm like, hey, like, I'm Tori. I live in this building, whatever. This is what happened. The dog pulled her. She took a little bit of a fall. Her shoulder really hurts. Um, she said that she's comfortable with icing it, blah, 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 whatever. Tell him the whole thing. And I'm like, I live down the hall if you need anything. And this man, like, literally, I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> I don't know why he's here, but whatever. And so <laughs> she ended up being okay. Hopefully she's okay right now. I haven't heard anything um bonnie poor bonnie hopefully bonnie and charlie are doing well but yeah so that was my adventure i feel like i'm still a little shooken up after that honestly i feel like i'm really glad and clearly she was really glad you were there yeah i mean i i'm glad i was there too yeah i don't know i mean i feel like that situation like clearly he was trying to be helpful but it sounds like like just like a little bit of a mansplain situation where he was kind of not acting quite as needed yeah and I don't even know I mean I don't know how much of it is mansplaining versus I don't work in the medical field but I know a lot of people a lot of times in the medical industry there's a disconnect between like patient care and medical treatment and so I think in his mind he was going more towards more towards like how do I address the problem like how do I fix this and less of like hey this is a human like they're probably feeling this way and a less of like the empathetic route and also like hey their physical being is important but also like their mental being is important too like we need to check to make sure she's still 
she didn't get a concussion, you know? So I don't know. I'm not saying that, like, I'm not gloating here. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> right, right. But, but no, it's good that you're there. That's, I honestly, I've seen people fall before. Like, I've been on, like, a scene where that's happened. And it's definitely, like, shakes you up a little. Like, it's nerve-wracking. Like, you're definitely worried about the person. Like, you don't ever want to see someone, like, get hurt. Um, yeah. Especially in Florida. I've seen multiple people fall in public. My mom has too. And it's just so, it's so scary to watch. And I feel so bad for them. And it also makes me terrified to get old. Yeah. I mean, like when I've seen people fall before, it seems like truly out of nowhere. Yeah. Or the littlest of things. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Well. She was saying that, I guess what happened was, she was walking her dog, Charlie, and another dog came by, and Charlie pulled to go towards that dog, and she uh, said that the dog went one way, and she went the other way. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. I can see why her shoulder would be hurt then, for sure. Yeah, which also I can relate. My my 90-pound blab pulls me around, too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, poor woman. I hope she's okay, too. Sounds like, you know... She's home safe. She has a right mind. Someone else in the home knows of her situation. So, yeah, I was just thankful she wasn't there alone. It would have been different if she was the only one in her apartment. So, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, but good submit goes to Tori. <laughs> Thanks. Wow, that was an exciting afternoon you've had. Yes. Okay. I'm done. I'm done. It is your turn. What is going on in your life? Talk to me. Honestly, not a lot is happening since we recorded last, since we even tried to record last. I think I had said on our previous podcast that I was going to Disney, but it was just so hot. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was just so, so hot. We decided not to go which I think was probably the right decision. Um, And then, I don't know, I just didn't get up to much this weekend. Oh, I mentioned on when we tried to record the same episode, I went to Home Goods this weekend. And personally, I'm a little appalled by how full-on the Halloween stuff is already. Yeah, it is bad. Like, it's not that, I mean, first of all, Personally, I do think it's early to have um, Halloween stuff out. It's August 16th right now. Like, I just feel like that's way too early. We still have the whole month of September and half of August before we're even close to October. And Halloween is the very last day of October. Yeah. Also, it. I also went to Home Goods and I saw it too. And it was not fall. It was full on Halloween. Halloween. Yeah, it's not, it's not neutral fall. It's Halloween and... It's like 85% of the store. It's like truly majority of the store has gone Halloween. Yeah, I get it. I get it because you're there shopping for your house. So you want to have the normal selection. But when I walked in, I was like, oh, Halloween. And I got super excited. And I was like ready to throw on Hocus Pocus. (laughs) (laughs) Like I do love Halloween. I love fall. But I'm just not in that mindset at all yet. Especially because it doesn't even start to get remotely cold here until at least October. Yeah, and, and cold might be too strong of a word. Cool, cool, I guess. Yeah. We don't get a, li- a light breeze until... <laughs> Literally. 
literally but um yeah I it was just a bit much for me but then actually I was scrolling on Instagram and someone had posted that they like on their stories that they found a lot of great stuff at Hobby Lobby and that's a place I never think to go to for home stuff yeah Hobby Lobby is awesome I love their selection I will I... say though they are a very religious organization and I have heard some not great things about them when it comes to equal rights in the LGBTI plus community. QI, yeah. Okay, interesting. See, I didn't know that. I haven't, uh, the words Hobby Lobby haven't crossed my mind in like a decade. <laughs> yeah. Also, like when you think of home goods, you don't really think of like the lobby for hobbies. No, not at all. I thought they sold like model trains and like, I don't know. I don't know. So I'm pretty sure they do sell that, but they also sell a ton of home decor and I have gotten some cute stuff there. I totally did not know that. So my next step, because I originally was like, oh, I'll check out like TJ Maxx or Marshalls. And I'm like, that is literally the same store as Home Goods. So next up is Hobby Lobby, just trying to get this house decorated. So yeah, I will say ikea has some like basic stuff so rugs curtains like the basic stuff that you don't you know that you just need for the home they're good um target's also good when you can catch a sale i have a couple other recommendations too but i just can't think off the top of my head i have bought a couple of like rugs and coffee tables accent chairs um in the past on wayfair and they've been like i wouldn't say it's necessarily like cheap um, but you can find solid prices and it's, I mean, I've been happy with everything I've gotten. I did have to return something once and it was like super easy. So Wayfair has been good to me for, and it has like a lot, it has a lot of basics and also like furniture, furniture. Yeah. I've had hit and miss experiences with Wayfair. Oh, really? Yeah. But maybe I'm just not doing enough research or reading the reviews as much, yeah. but. Well, and the, well, the one thing I liked about them was how easy they made returns as well. So if you don't like it, but like I said, that's just my experience. So I will yeah. let you know. Once I have a bad experience, I'll let you know. <laughs> Perfect. Also thrift stories too. Oh yeah, of course. Of course. Love thrifting. Okay, cool. Well, should we get into today's episode now that we've done like 30 minutes of life updates? <laughs> yes. Let's jump on in. I don't have any more life updates. I'm ready to talk about marriage. Are you? Wow, that sounded very serious, Hannah. Marriage. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, well, let's start. So basically, I learned a lot during this research of the episode. And I wanted to start with the very first wedding. The first wedding in records was 2350 B.C., in Mesopotamia is that what we're going with Hannah yeah I think we we think it's Mesopotamia and not Mesotamia someone let us know any any historians listen to the podcast let us know yes um but basically the origins of marriage had nothing to do with love nothing to do with unity in terms of a romantic sense and we're strictly and to ensure that the male heirs were rightfully theirs so it was basically a way to possess and control women. Great. We love that. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, 
I had the heavy feeling that marriage was not from super great origins for women, so. Yeah. Yes, but that does change. Um, However, early days, as many of us are aware, men were free to take multiple wives. And it were a term of kind of just ensuring rightful heirs and less of anything truly sacred. Where we see that sacred concept is when religion starts playing a role in getting involved in marriage. So this happened later on. Uh, It became associated with religion when the Roman Catholic Church became involved. And what happened was that priests became required. So you were required to get a blessing from a priest before you got married. And this kind of was that pivotal changing or pivotal turning point. So it was that transition between kind of more of a polygamous, more of a succession driven marriage and more of like a union and a binding of two people. Right. And then in 1563, so a great deal of time later, canon law shifted how marriage was treated. Um, It kind of came up with more of the standard vows you hear today, especially in more traditional religious weddings, Uh, specifically the phrase that the twine shall be one flesh. This kind of solidified being faithful in a relationship. And it also turned how men began treating their wives. So it was less of go out and have affairs. And it was more focused on the sole union between two individuals and only between those two individuals. Right. Yeah. Which is, I mean, a pretty big shift. But then again, it seems like it took quite a long time before. Yeah. We um, reached I mean, there's obviously, of course, some information we're missing here. I'm sure there's much more history between 2350 BC and 1563. Um, But it is still amazing, like in terms of especially like modern American weddings, this is kind of the route that it took. So it is interesting how long it, you know, it took for things to evolve. And it's interesting in general to think about monogamy and when that became in play in society Mm -hmm. yeah and of course we kind of skipped past you were talking about this the other day hannah we skipped past the whole uh period where marriage was kind of the only way that you can move up in society and you were marrying for wealth you're marrying for class you're marrying for property you're marrying for a dowry it was it was not weddings we have today Right, absolutely. It was very, um, you know, possessive of the woman, and it usually benefited, you know, the family of the woman or the man who was to be married. Either way, it was it. It just all seemed very transactional. Yeah, that's a that's a great description. Um, I do have a couple of fun wedding traditions that I want to talk about, but before I do. I felt like you and I, Hannah, we felt like we couldn't really talk about marriage without talking about a little bit more of the inclusivity issues that we face as a country, specifically with interracial marriage and LGBTI plus marriage in that community. Um, So I have a couple of statistics, as always, since we are the science-based, but Hannah, you want to share those stats? Yeah, for sure. Um, So... 
69 countries still have criminalized homosexuality. Homosexuality. Did I say that right the first time? Homosexuality? I feel like I stumbled on it a little. (laughs) That's okay. Um, And then in five countries, there's actually the death penalty for um, same-sex marriages, which is in Brunei, Iran, Maritana, Saudi Arabia, and Yemen. That's really sad. Yeah, it is, right? Also, I haven't heard of two of those countries. I have never heard of Brunei, Brunei, if we're pronouncing that right. But I think I have heard of Maritana. I think hearing you say it, I think I have. I think when I read it, it doesn't really, it's not phonetically. Yeah. I want to say, oh, no, it's not where I thought it was at all. I thought it was like an island nation, but it is um, in Africa. I was thinking in Africa. Okay. Yeah. It's um, Western, Northwestern Africa. So like kind of in the Sahara. Okay. And then Brunei, I have no idea. I'm going to look that one up because I, that's one I really am not sure. Uh, Okay. It is a country in Asia. Okay. On the tiny island of Borneo. Borneo. Wait, I got to look at this on a map. Yeah, it, I don't know if we're pronouncing it correctly, so sorry uh, out there if you guys are listening and you know how it's pronounced. Um, but it almost sounds French to me. Yeah, it does. Okay, so north of... It's like, it's between like Indonesia and the Philippines, kind of. Oh, okay. It's Yeah, I've never... I Even looking at it on a map, it's not ringing any bells to me so yeah I also did not I mean I I am a little bit knowledgeable when it comes to Saudi Arabia and their culture but I didn't know that it was the death penalty there yeah yeah that surprises me as well um but yeah I I mean go ahead makes me makes I don't know as bad as some things seem to be in our country sometimes it makes me grateful that we're not at that extreme anymore for sure yeah for sure um I think it's really easy as an American to get tunnel vision or any country you live in and to only pay attention to your current country especially here where we have such a political divide and we're so invested in politics it's really easy to not pay attention to national or wow excuse me international news (laughs) um and so it was just really eye-opening yeah absolutely um and then on the other hand 28 countries in the world recognize same-sex marriage um and i feel like many of our listeners will probably remember the supreme court ruling in 2015 which was not that long ago at all it's yeah i mean that's our lifetime so yeah it seems so normal today and it seems so long ago but seven years was not long at all right I actually when I was in high school there were these two teachers that were in like a domestic partnership and they had two kids together but um the female teacher she refused to get married until same-sex couples were legal to get married across the entire United States. Like it was like a personal protest of hers. And I, 
I mean, I don't know for sure. I mean, I graduated in 2013, but like two years later, it did become legal. So I imagine they did um, get married. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it was it was kind of cool. She was had like such a strong personal stance about it. Um, And then in terms of interracial marriage in the U.S., it was only in 1967 that um, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that um, interracial couples could be legally married in the U.S. And um, the last name of the couple who were trying to get married was Loving. And uh, June 12th every year, maybe you've heard it before and didn't really know what it meant, but Loving Day is on June 12th every year, and that celebrates um, the legalization of interracial marriage. Um, Also a really good movie out there. Um, It's not a documentary. It's like a reenactment type movie. I guess that makes it sound a lot worse than it actually is. <laughs> I know I'm picturing like all those like you know the biblical biblical movies that are the reenactments. No, 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 not like that. It's like a, it's good. I promise. I promise. It's like actually a well done movie. It's called Loving, and it's about their story um, as a couple. So I totally recommend it. I don't know where you can watch it. I saw it a couple years ago, um, but it's probably out there somewhere. Yeah, I love that. I think that that is so much more cause to celebrate than Valentine's Day. I much rather celebrate Loving Day. Oh yeah, right. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, I think I might might start implementing that. There you go. Oh, I like I like that a lot actually. Right. Also, you. I just checked Hannah, and you can watch it on Netflix. They have it. Oh, cool. Okay. I had a. I don't know why I had an inkling it was on Netflix, but there you go. Yeah, I think I might honestly start celebrating that instead of Valentine's Day. Yeah, I mean, a lot of, I know a lot of interracial couples, um, like, in my family and outside that will usually post something about it being Loving Day. Did your mom and Randall do anything for that day? Um, I don't think so, but, like, my mom knew, always knew, you know about it about it being loving day I don't think they did anything necessarily yeah um but yeah it's definitely interesting to learn about and like I said recommend the movie mm-hmm. yeah I um, watch it and then honestly I don't know why you wrote this last one apartheid in South Africa 1995 was not legal to get married interracially until then in Africa yeah, I just wanted to throw that in there because I thought it was super interesting when you and I went to South Africa and that the apartheid ban went on for that long. Because usually when we talk about segregation, we're primarily focused with our national history. So it was it really put into perspective to me um, just kind of the battle that's still faced in other countries. And so I just put that in there because it, it's very relevant or very recent. Right. And um, the apartheid doesn't necessarily only address like interracial marriage. Like they, it was like a fully segregated society until 1995. Yeah. Um, So yes. I'm not even sure if interracial marriage, how it's viewed there since the apartheid was so recent. recent. I don't even know if they, how that's viewed there, if there's still discrimination, I'm not even fully sure. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think there are still people who 
um, you know, are pro-apartheid. I mean, when we were on our walking tour, there was some guy like screaming about how we wanted the old way, blah, blah, blah. Like he seemed like he was kind of, you know, I don't know. He he didn't seem particularly well kept or anything, but he was definitely like shouting his opinion and it yeah. wasn't, you know, but yeah, it is really crazy to think about that is so recent. And um, yeah, I, yeah. If you've never learned about the apartheid, it's definitely really, really interesting to see like how close up to our history, these issues have been going on and continue to go on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, well, to switch directions a little bit now to get less of a serious topic, we wanted to talk a little bit about some interesting wedding traditions we have here in America that don't necessarily translate to other countries. So the first one is wearing of a white wedding dress. And this goes back to Queen Victoria of England. So originally wedding dresses weren't always white. I've also know that white is like a symbol of purity. And a lot of times that comes into play, especially with religious weddings. But basically, Queen Victoria was this trendsetter. And what happened in England, they wanted to model over in the new world. And wedding dresses that were white became very popular. Wow, that's wait, am I stupid? Or is Queen Victoria the one who's still the queen. I'm stupid, right? That's not her. It's Elizabeth. Okay. Yeah, it's cool. Elizabeth. <laughs> okay. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. I just said that for all posterity on the podcast. I just said that. Like, well, I was just like, damn, that's hella recent too. I mean, sure, she's old, but that's still in like what? <laughs> uh, love it. Love that we do this. <laughs> love, yes, it's great. It's a good record of how smart we are. Yeah, it's very humbling, to say the least. Yes, to say the least. Yeah. Um, Okay, this next one I found very interesting, and I did not know this. So do you know why we have bridesmaids or groomsmen? Um, I actually don't. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of a weird concept to just have this group of people standing next to you. Yeah, I guess I'm not sure. So basically, it stemmed from the ancient Romans. In the court of ancient Roman laws, you had to have 10 people were required to witness a marriage in order for it to be legal. So those 10 people later became groomsmen and bridesmaids. I see. Okay. Now you only need, I think, like one or two witnesses. I think you just the maid of honor and the best man sign the thing. As witnesses. Yeah, I honestly have no idea. Um, but I think technically a marriage still does have to be witnessed. Yeah, I know how to be witnessed. I didn't know, like, how many people or anything. But isn't that interesting? And now we've turned it into this big thing, like, asking people to be your maid of honor. Right. And it's funny that it all stemmed from illegality. For sure. I mean, it's, it, I feel like marriage is a lot of legalities that we've turned into, like, this really big formal event you know like we've really taken it and ran with it yeah right too bad we can't do that with other really boring legal stuff (laughs) right so true like where's the renewing your license party yeah that would be great I feel like that's deserving after how long it takes to usually renew your freaking license 
right? Like the DMV after party. The DMV after party <laughs> would probably be lit. <laughs> right? Um, okay, the next one is wedding cake feeding. Are you a fan of this wedding cake feeding? I've always not known how to feel about that. Like when I was younger and went to weddings, like when I was a kid, I was like, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm just not, I don't feel a connection to a lot of these wedding traditions. So I would be okay with never doing this, but. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. Same. But I feel like it's definitely a thing. Yeah. Why um, did you believe? You haven't said that yet, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. So it dates back to the Romans. So in Rome, guests would crumble either cake, bread, or scones over the bride's head to symbolize fertility and good fortune. So it used to only be for the bride, and it wouldn't be the groom. It would be the guest. And then over time, that kind of transitioned. Okay, yeah, I 100% prefer the modern way. Do not crumble cake over my head on my wedding day. I will be pissed. <laughs> right? Like, I did not just spend hours getting ready. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I do really like cake, though. Wedding cake. Get, shout out to Katie Joe's wedding and how good her cake was. <laughs> oh, my God. If I have to hear about this cake one more time. It was so good. <laughs> I do love cake. Like, that's got to be one of my favorite desserts. I mean, I, cakes are great because you don't have it often. Like, it's only at, like, a birthday or a wedding. So it's always special. Oh, yeah. Don't eat it often. Nope. <laughs> what, are you just having cake, like, every day? I mean, my mom likes to make cakes. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that, you know, that's different. That's different. Yeah. Um, I'm a sucker for a cupcake. Love cupcakes. I do love cupcakes too. Remember, where did we used to go in college that had those gluten-free red velvet cupcakes? Sweets by Holly. Sweets by Holly, yeah. So good. Oh my so gosh. Good. Shout out to that gluten-free red velvet cake cupcake. So good. Oh my gosh, I want cupcakes. Let's let's change the subject. Yeah. Should we just stop podcasting and go get cupcakes? Yeah. Bye guys. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I did want to mention here though, I was reading a really interesting I don't even remember I think it was a book it was a while ago now <laughs> but they were saying it was basically this statistician or actuary or some person that involves numbers who was smart <laughs> smart people <laughs> yeah slash maybe psychologist I don't really know but he is world renowned and he was studying the success rate of marriages. I might have shared this on another podcast, but it's relevant, whatever. So he said that it, when doing the wedding ceremony, it all boiled down to whether or not the groom pushed cake in the bride's face as opposed to feeding her. If he put cake on her face, there was like a 80% divorce rate. What? <laughs> Yeah, and then the people who were more, like, like, considerate and just, like, nicely fed their spouse had a higher chance of success. Wow, that's super interesting. I mean, obviously, that's not, like, a correlation equals causation thing. Like, you can't necessarily link those two directly, but it is an interesting coincidence. Isn't it? But, I mean, you can kind of understand it because... On one side, it's like, okay, I have this respect for you. You just spent all day getting ready. I want to respect that and honor it. And then on the other sense, it's like, okay, here you go, kind of thing. But 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like the amount of time that goes into getting ready for a wedding, it's like, please, please, please don't push it in my face. Yeah, but like if you have a funny, goofy <laughs> relationship and like that's cool with both sides and the bride doesn't mind it, then I'm sure it's great. Right, that's different. Yeah, but I just thought that was really interesting, so. Yeah, that definitely is. Maybe a little telling. Yes. Um, Okay, and then the other one I have is throwing rice at weddings. Again, back to ancient Rome, and it was basically to help keep evil spirits away. Hmm. Yeah. Simple explanation. I mean, they say not to do that anymore. Yes, yeah. It's very bad for, like, birds and, like, things that will end up it um just like not good for the environment Mm -hmm. but you know what I've seen people do like sparkler send-offs those are like popular um trying to think of what else I've seen that's been like a little more on the eco-friendly side but I have um, seen people throw seeds oh okay I like that like wildflowers I like that and then I've seen people do the um the confetti that's made out of like leaves Mm mm-hmm Right. Those are all good. I like that. Not just like straight leaves, throwing leaves at the couple. No, yeah, like confetti. I get it. (laughs) Thanks for clarifying. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I had a couple that I looked at too um, in terms of wedding traditions. So I was like wondering where the big wedding receptions came from because I'm sure like originally they weren't these elaborate parties um and what I found was that traditionally a really small party would happen after the wedding like either at the parents of the bride's house or in like an outside setting like a backyard or maybe there'd be like a picnic or a lunch the next day so there's always some sort of like celebration associated normally they were really small um but then around um, World War Two wedding celebrations um, were started to be like more elaborate. So fi- people's financial standings got um, better, and that really dictated the style of the reception. And around that same time, dance halls became very popular, like these public spaces mm, okay. people could actually like rent out. Um, and so, on top of having these bigger, this like space outside of the home they were bigger which also meant the bride and groom were no longer as limited to the number of people like their house could hold for these receptions so these days they say that the average number of guests at an american wedding is 131 people that feels like a lot that's a i don't even know 131 people yeah I mean, I say that sounds like a lot, but I fear the day I sit down to actually plan my wedding and, like, start writing it out and realize how many people there really are to invite. Yeah. Hannah, you have a big family. I have a really big family. Do they yeah. all expect, Do they all really expect to come to my wedding, though? <laughs> I mean, yeah. so, so my grandma has seven siblings. Jeez. And so that's my mom's side of the family is huge. Dang. Do you think you would invite kids to your wedding? Yes. I'm going to say yes. Okay. Um, But, I mean, I totally, totally respect people who don't want to have kids at their wedding. I'm sure it's crossed my mind before. Um, I 100% get that. Yeah, I, I do too. 
definitely. Um, there were, there was like another stat that I was going to say. Okay, here we go. So this is just talking a little bit about the cost of wedding. It's in the same article that I was reading about receptions. It's on a wedding website or a blog, sorry, called The Spruce. So don't know how reliable, honestly, but you know, we'll take it with a grain of salt. They seem legit, we'll say. <laughs> um, so they said that in 2019, so in a, a three years ago, the average cost of a wedding um, was approximately $33,000, which is way cheaper than I was thinking. Yeah. But that's also an average because they said like, so an example in Manhattan can cost on average more like $76,000. Um, wow. But that Mississippi or Idaho average costs are like 15,000. Okay. Either way, you know, that's a, that's a pretty big chunk of money. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I know people spend, um, I know people spend some chunks of change on their weddings, um, which, you know, I know there are girls who like dream of their wedding from the time they're little and they, you know, have all the details picked out and stuff. So I totally respect however you want to do your wedding. I mean, it's a hundred percent. Yeah. Up to you. Still just trying to warm up to the idea of getting married. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know how I feel about getting married. Like I do want to, but the whole, like I've just seen so many people get married recently and all the planning and all that just seems like a lot. Yeah. I will say I was talking to my coworker the other day and she had an idea that I kind of fell in love with. So she wants to go somewhere like Italy and rent a whole villa, like an Airbnb, a villa and just invite a couple of their close friends, their family, and just have somebody marry them there and bring their own wedding dress and just have it there. Oh, that sounds I was so like, I love that because it's a vacation. You know, you're getting something more out of it. You're not spending a ton of money it's less planning. Also, I am not tied to any really of the traditional wedding to do's, you know, so I just love that idea. Yeah, I like that a lot. That's really nice. I think, you know, having a destination wedding is definitely one way to keep your guest list small. Um, Less people are going to come if you have, you know, a wedding out of the country or whatever, you know, it's definitely ends up being good. Oh, I just said it ends up being more intimate. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think that in that case, it would be, in my mind at least, it would be less of like a wedding and more of, hey, come see us elope. Right, right. You know? for, I like that idea, though. Um, I think I mentioned on the last episode, you know, we had family friends visiting. They're like basically my cousins. But um, the mom, Carol, was telling me, about her wedding and I've known these people my entire life and I never knew this about them I guess I'd never seen their wedding photos before anything but they got married on Halloween and had a full-on costume wedding dang that's kind of interesting that's kind of cool yeah she said it was just super fun um and she showed me one of their wedding photos and she is fully dressed as the bride of Frankenstein and he is Frankenstein Oh, wow. I think you need to share these photos on the podcast Instagram. Yeah, I'll ask her. I'll ask her if I can. And uh, I'm sure I feel like she'd be fine sending it to me. So yeah, they got married on Halloween. And I told Steve this idea. Steve loves Halloween. 
And I was like, I might regret this. I might come to regret telling him this. <laughs> so how excited was he? Did he love that idea? Yeah, he thought it was really fun. Um, but, you know, Carol made a good point. She was like, you can always, like, you could be, like, a Disney princess. You know, you don't have to be Bride of Frankenstein or whatever. Like, you can still, you know, do it your own way. But, I mean, it'd yeah. be fun to imagine, like, a hundred people, you know, all showing up in costume. Yeah, but, like, imagine your your bridal or groom, like, your party. Your yeah. I mean, imagine actually, if somebody was dressed just as like cupid standing next to you you're in this beautiful <laughs> you know disney bride dress and somebody's in a diaper, in a diaper. <laughs> that is the risk you take that is the risk you take yeah oh definitely a little different and the the interesting part about them is they are actually quite religious as well oh. so they just had fun with it yeah that is that's very original i like it yeah um so two other things I wanted to bring up that are like way super modern like traditions um, and I'm kind of I don't really know where these came from like I don't know the why behind them I think they're honestly too recent to even find but I'm kind of just curious your opinion on them. So the first one being like bridesmaid proposals like now people like propose to their bridesmaids to like be the bridesmaid and they usually yeah. send like for like bridesmaid boxes what do we think about that um I I personally don't think I would do that but it I I'm happy that people are finding joy in it and they're making things exciting and finding reasons to celebrate um I just personally not sure if I would take that route also I am not even sure if I were to get married, what that would even look like. Right. So I personally always thought like my bridal party would be pretty small. Um, and so partially because of that, I think if I had a huge bridal party, I think it'd be harder. But I do all in all think it's a nice idea because ultimately people in your wedding and people going to your wedding end up spending a lot to do so and especially if you're a bridesmaid and going to like bachelorette parties and bridal showers um and all that I think it's just a nice little gift on the bride's behalf like because yeah being it is a bit of like an investment um mm-hmm. so I think it's nice for that reason although once again it does suck that like there's a little more work for the bride because she's already doing a million things but all in all I think I like the idea Yeah. I mean, I totally get what you're saying and I haven't been a bridesmaid, so I don't know the work that goes into it yet. And like I said, I I think it's great that they're finding reasons to like celebrate those big momentous occasions. I don't even know personally though, if I would have a bridal power party, like I might just have one maid of honor and that's it. Right. Right. Or I might just have nothing. I don't even know. Like I'm very open to not doing a traditional wedding if I get married. Ultimately, it depends on my husband, but for me, I could have, like, only three or four. That would be ideal. But, I mean, you know, it depends. Yeah. So, anywho, um, the last one is the first look, which is when the bride or the groom sees the bride before the ceremony. It's usually in like a private setting being photographed or filmed. And it's like, just like a moment between the bride and the groom. Have you seen this before? 
Yeah, I have. I do have thoughts. So I think, see, <laughs> this is, I don't know. I feel like in some ways I'm so anti-tradition and then other ways I like the tradition. So in this case, I think I would prefer to have first look down the aisle. Same, 100%. I honestly, I feel like the first look is kind of, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's not for me. I think it looks kind of awkward sometimes. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I'm, I, I really don't want to come off as judgy, which is totally what's about to happen when I say this, <laughs> but I feel like only people who are like, you know, kind of into themselves do this. Yeah. I think for me, it takes away from the moment. Like if I were to do a first look, I wouldn't have any pictures taken. Like it would truly just be me and my spouse it wouldn't be the photographer as well and that's like the whole point of doing the first look is to give you guys time to celebrate this together and like have that together right so I feel like honestly I feel like the videos I see online a lot are just like really attractive people yeah it's like basically extra footage I don't know I don't know (laughs) I mean that's obviously being judgy but I also do think it could be like a little awkward like hey I'm here in my dress. Do you like it? Like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'm just awkward. Oh, I am too. It's fine. No, I think that for me, just like coming, I don't know. I would rather do it down the aisle. Same. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Um, was that your last one? Yeah, that was my last one. Nice. So... Um, yeah, I think it was, I mean, I think we said it and hopefully it was obvious. We're really talking like more traditional American wedding traditions. There's definitely a lot of other history and traditions and different cultures and different religions. I know um, like in the Jewish culture, there's a lot of little things that they do at weddings. Because um, me and my friend Erin were talking about this recently. Um, she comes from a Jewish family and her brother is getting married soon. And he's really just like picking and choosing elements that he wants to include um from like the religious tradition and she kind of said there's a lot she doesn't want to do but maybe a few things she wants to incorporate so it's always interesting to look at other uh cultures and what their traditions are as well which is what we're gonna talk about next yeah absolutely I agree I think that yeah I think I would feel more tied to doing something that's like significant from maybe my ancestry or heritage you know and less like modern what's just trendy today right um but the first one I want to talk about is hand fasting so this is predominantly done in Ireland I believe and it dates back to the ancient ancient Celtic ritual in which they tied two hands together to symbolize the binding of two lives and two souls Um, This was mostly used in pagan ceremonies. However, it has become more mainstream. It's still done today. I also heard too, or I read um, somewhere that a lot of times during like periods of war or combat or where if you were impoverished, it wasn't really super accessible to go to a church and get married. Um, You could do a hand fasting out in wherever you were. And it could be witnessed. And then you could also get married in a church later as well. So it was kind of like a committed, almost like a 
like the promise ring, but like a promised marriage kind of thing. Yeah. You got married, but like you're going to do it in a ceremony, official ceremony as well, too. I kind of like that. Yeah. See, I, I like that idea, too. Like, I think the intention and meaning behind it is really what's beautiful. important. What'd you say? The intention and the meaning is like really what's important. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. And then the next one I have. So this is done in Kenya and I'm probably going to say it wrong, but I think it's Messiah or Mesa or Maza. Okay. <laughs> M-A-A-S-A-I. Okay. Um, but it's during, so that group of people, sorry for the mispronunciation, <laughs> um, but basically it's a spitting ritual in which the father of the bride spits on the daughter's head and sometimes breast before she leaves with her new husband. So almost like the send off and it's a symbol of respect. It's a symbol of good luck and good fortune. And it's very interesting. Um, yep. Normally when we think of spitting on people, we think of it as a big disrespect, but then this piece and culture, it's the opposite. Yeah, wow. I've never heard of that. That is super interesting. Yeah. And sometimes they'll also like spit on their hands before shaking hands with an elder member of the tribes as a sign of respect. They'll also do it for like newborn babies as well to ward off bad luck or to install fortune on them as well. Oh, wow. Okay. Interesting. So it's clearly like a like a celebratory thing in a way or like a respect. Yeah. I mean, respect if you're doing it to elders and, you know, yeah. Right? So interesting. I've definitely never heard of that. Yeah. Right. I haven't, I haven't heard of most of these. Um, the next one is from China. It's the crying ritual. So it's only in certain parts of China, um, but they actually require crying for preparation for marriage. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so a month before the forthcoming nuptials, it's called, it's a specific culture called Tuja, T-U-J-I-A. Okay. How would you pronounce that, Hannah? Exactly as you just did. Okay. Tuja. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, so Tuja will cry for about an hour each day, a month out from their actual wedding day. And then 10 days into the ritual, the bride's mother will join her and she'll cry with her for 10 days after that. And then on that 20th day, the grandma will come in and join and she'll join the duo and all three of them will cry and practice crying for an hour each day up until the wedding. Wow. Um, I mean, at first I was like, okay, it sounds like therapeutic, but that's a lot of crying. Yeah. How do you make yourself cry like that, even? I think I would run out of tears. Like, I just physically right? wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah, that's what I would think, too. Yeah, so the ritual dates back to China's Warring States era, when the mother of the Zhao prince broke down in tears at her wedding. And so I guess it was to prepare you to cry for the wedding. Oh, okay. Well, you're going to have no tears left by the wedding. Yeah, right? I would be all cried out by, like, day three. Yeah, that's very interesting. That is a lot of crying. It's probably yeah. good for the soul, I guess. I mean. Yeah, right? Honestly, like, you might might 
work through some stuff there. Like you might get some great therapy. Yeah. Right. And it's right before you get married. It sounds like it could be good for you. Yeah. Like the biggest emotional release before you go into this relationship. Right. Um, Yeah. Super interesting. The next one we have is for Sweden. So in many Western weddings, um, we have the saying, now you may kiss the bride. Well, in Sweden, they have kind of a different idea of that. So newlywed Swedish couples, the groom will leave the room and the male guests of the bridal party are permitted to kiss the bride. Similarly, the bride will leave the room and the female guest will get to kiss the groom. Uh... And it signifies the sealing of the couple's vows. What? I don't really understand this one. I feel like some jealous groomsman was like, hey, you know what will really seal your wedding vows if I get to kiss your girl? Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) This seems not legit to me. (laughs) Yeah. Like, if my husband told me this, like, before we were about to get married, I'd be like, uh, no, this doesn't sound real. Right? Okay, well, you know, everyone's traditions are different. <laughs> oh, that's Zoe. Oh. Aww. Anyway. Okay, I have one last one. So this one is for going to India. This is called Pumba Vivan. Viva? Viva? Okay, uh, I'm just going to protect your pronunciation on that one. You're going to double check my pronunciation? Is that what you said? No, I'm going to trust your pronunciation. <laughs> I'm going to hopefully trust it too. Again, apologies if this is not at all how you pronounce it and I'm butchering it. I am sorry. I'm trying my best. Uh, but basically, it's a ceremony in which the woman marries either a, I'm just going to say, marries a banana tree or an idol, an idol of the god Vishnu okay. um, and it's because essentially there was this curse that was thought to be had cursing all women of course dating back to Hindu astrology and the only way to break this curse is to marry a banana tree or an idol of that god and that would break the curse right before you marry your significant other so there would actually be a wedding before the wedding wow imagine getting married to a tree <laughs> I'm okay with it. I mean, yeah, I've I've heard of stranger, I've heard of people marrying stranger things, to be honest, but that is definitely a new one for me. Have never heard of that. Wow, these are really interesting. Where did you, where'd you get these from? So I got all of these from culturetrip.com. They have an article about it on their website. Okay, cool. That was fun. I like those. Yeah, right? It was, it's very interesting. So hopefully one day I'll get to be part of a wedding outside of America and get to observe some other cultures. It sounds awesome. Yeah, for sure. That would be really amazing. And um, yeah, if you're out there planning a wedding, you the best of luck. I've heard it's super stressful. <laughs> but I mean, it seems like for most, the day is totally worth it. And um you know, whatever you do on your wedding day, it's your day and you can do whatever tradition you want or don't want. So always remember that. Um, I don't know what else to say about weddings because I've never had one. <laughs> um, yeah, same. 
but I think this was a really good episode. Honestly, it was a long episode. Um, so hopefully yeah. you guys enjoyed. Hopefully you guys learned something. We definitely did. And we will see you next week. Yep. Talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye.